We are continuing in today's Mishnah Yomi, and today, Emir Tzashem, we will be learning Mesechas Peah, Parak Gimel Mishnachas, Chapter 3, Mishnah 8, and Emir Tzashem, we will begin the fourth chapter, Parak Dalid Mishnah Aleph. So, Parak Gimel Mishnachas, Chapter 3, Mishnah 8 says as follows, still continuing on the theme of karka, of land, hakosev nechasov la'avdo, if a person goes ahead. Now, the keys over here we're talking about is... An Evid Kenani. An Evid Kenani is a non-Jewish servant who belongs to a Jew. An Evid Kenani is treated like property. So the idea over here is as follows. A person owns an Evid Kenani, and then he writes in a document that he conveys all of his property to his Evid, to his servant. So what's the halacha? Yatza ben Chorin. Now here's what's interesting, and this is a fascinating anomaly. Now an Eved, normally a servant can't acquire anything, because we have a concept of Masha Kana Eved Kana Rabo. Whatever the servant acquires, the master acquires. Because since the master owns the servant, therefore by definition, the master owns anything the Eved acquires as well. What's interesting about this case is as follows. Here, the master is writing a document, and in that document he says, I hereby give over all of my property, to my Evid Kenani, to my non-Jewish servant. In doing so, the Mishnah understands, included in the property of the master is also the Evid, the servant himself. So by conveying all of his property to the servant, the master is effectively conveying the servant back to himself as well. He's giving back autonomy of the servant to the servant himself. Incredible. Sheer karkakol, shulo yatzben choren. However, if let's say the master says, I'm hereby giving all of my property to my Evid Kanani, to my non-Jewish servant, but I'm retaining one piece of land for myself, lo ben then the servant does not go free. Now, the logic behind it is as follows. There's a concept that an Evid, an Evid Kanani, a non-Jewish servant, is effectively treated like real property, like land. And therefore, the concern over here is that when the master says, I hereby give over all of my property to my Evid, except for a particular piece, for, for land, for land, for a particular piece of land, perhaps that piece of land is actually a reference to the Eved himself. And therefore, the Eved does not go free under that circumstance. However, Rabbi Shimon, or Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says, the Olam Hu Ben Chorin. No, even if the master retains a piece of land for himself, the Eved still goes free. The only time that the servant would not go free would be if the master said, I hereby convey all of my property to my servant, except literally again for one tenth, ten thousandth, one ten thousandth of my property. Now, in that case, we are concerned that the master is retaining ownership over the Ebed, and therefore the Ebed does not go free. So the Bartunur comments on this, and he says, See, in this case, the Adon, the master, is not articulating, and he's not identifying what he is withholding. See, here's the difference. Rabbi Shimon says like this, when the master conveys all of his property, so right, there, there are essentially three cases here. Case number one is the master conveys all of his property to his servant. Everyone agrees in that case, the Evid Kanani, the non-Jewish servant, goes free because included in all of my property is the Evid himself. Therefore, again, the master is conveying 
ownership of the Eved back to the Eved himself. That's case one. Everyone agrees. Case number two is the Adon. The master says, I hereby convey all of my property to my Eved, to my Eved, with the exception of what? With the exception of a, a, a certain amount, except for a certain amount of land. Uh, I, I retain one field. So in this case, the Tanakama holds that the Eved doesn't go free. Why doesn't the Eved go free? Because the concern is that perhaps the piece of land is actually an allusion to the servant himself. Maybe the piece of land is the servant. Rabbi Shimon says, no, 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 no. When the master retains a piece of land, we don't assume that the land is the servant. The land is land. The land is land. So the owner is retaining a piece of land for himself, but the servant goes free. According to Rabbi Shimon, when is there a problem? If the master says, I hereby convey my entire estate to my servant, with the exception of one ten-thousandth of the estate, so now, interestingly enough, he's retaining a certain amount of the estate. But he's not defining what is he retaining. Is he retaining a piece of land? Is he retaining movable property? What is he retaining? So because he has not identified what he is retaining, that's when Rabbi Shimon says there's a concern that perhaps the piece of property that he's retaining is in fact the Eved, the servant himself. Beautiful. Mazel tov upon completing Perak Gimel. We now begin Perak Dalet, fourth chapter of Meseches Peah. Hapeah nitenetz b'mechubar l'karka. Zeh important alocha. When you leave Peya, you leave Peya from attached produce. Produce that is still attached to the land. The Bartonura says, Dixiv, la'ani, la'ani, v'lager ta'azov. Pasuk says that you should leave the Peya for the poor. The fact that it says ta'azov, leave it there, indicates that you leave it as standing produce. In other words, you don't harvest it. However, there are certain exceptions. This is really fascinating. There are certain examples. And the certain examples are when you leave attached produce and it'll pose a danger to the poor people who are collecting. What are some examples of this? Dulles. So the Rashpam says over here, Dulles is gefen hamudlis algabe itzim o algabe elonos. So this, if you could imagine, if you have grapevines and the grapevines are spread out either over a trellis or they're spread out over a tree. So in this case, the concern is that if people, if the poor have to start climbing for the same idea with the, with the decal, decal is a date palm. In both of these cases, poor people have to start climbing, climbing up the trellis to get the grapes, climbing up the tree, the date palm to get the dates, then there's a danger. In that situation, we tell the balabayas, harvest all of the produce and dispense the payah to the poor. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says no. Well, not sorry, not no. Rabbi Shimon agrees. He adds on. He says, "Af egozim." The same is true. Ultimately, again, chalike egozim is a walnut tree. Why is it called chalike egozim? So the Rashbam says, "Al shem shel egozim chalokim Apparently, walnut trees are very smooth. So whereas you have a normal tree, you could kind of climb the tree by using the different protrusions of the tree as a foothold. When it comes to walnut trees, we tell the balabayas, harvest all of the nuts and distribute the paya to the poor. Distribute the paya to the poor. This way, again, you avoid any type of danger. So really fascinating halacha, that although the Iker halacha says you should leave paya attached to the field and let the poor collect it for themselves, where leaving it attached will pose a potential danger. We tell the owner, harvest the produce, 
and dispense it. Listen to this. Mishnah ends. Afilu tishim v'tisha omrim lechalik ve'echad omer lovos lazesh shom and shomer kalocha. Listen to the following case. Let's say you have nine a hundred a hundred paupers in the field, and what happens? Ninety nine out of the paupers say, you know what, Balabayis, we'd appreciate if you harvest all of the produce, and we trust you to distribute the peya to us. But one of the paupers says, no, I prefer to be left attached. And again, we'll all fend for ourselves. The halach is we listen to the one and we ignore the 99 because the one is in fact in conformance with halacha. Since the halacha is that in an ideal sense, we leave the peya attached. We leave the pay attached. Ultimately, again, therefore, even though the ma- clear majority over here desire that it be detached, we ask the one. We we go ahead and we have the we 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 listen to the words of the one for his request is in accordance with halacha. It's also fascinating. The Bartinura highlights in this, and he says something really amazing, which is, what's the idea of going ahead and going ahead and leaving pay attached? So obviously, it's based on a pasuk tazov. Leave it there. On a deeper level, you see, if the balabais were to harvest everything and to dispense it, then the amount you get is up to how the balabais dispenses it. If, however, it's left attached, then the amount you get is dependent on what? How much you're willing to hustle. And so the halacha says, we want the ani and we want the poor to hustle. We want them to work to get more peya. And there's a fascinating idea over here. The danger sometimes in receiving tzedakah is that one could become totally reliant on handouts and lose their drive to work, lose their drive to accomplish. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu almost builds into the halachos of peah. Okay, there's a handout, there's a handout because sometimes in life you need to subsist on handouts. It happens. But we want you to hustle. We want you to know that the harder you work, the more you'll get. The earlier you get up, the first you'll get to the field. We never want the person to become so reliant on handouts that they lose their drive to be successful. All right, we will stop over here for today. Shkayach, everyone. We'll continue with Mishnah's Bezin, Gimel, and Parak Dalit. Tomorrow, wishing everyone a wonderful day.